my heart wasn't racing, but my, my stomach felt like, like I felt nauseous. I felt like, Ooh, like stabbing pain in my chest. I felt like, I don't know, like I couldn't catch my breath. Hey, my name is Veronica Cisneros, and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, a mama of three girls, and married for 23 years. I am obsessed with helping you navigate through the seasons of marriage, helping couples like you break free from feeling like roommates. I will teach you the secrets to having a healthy marriage by providing tools and tips to help you reconnect in a way that you can't keep your hands off each other, where flirting and kissing is the norm in your household. Setting intentional time to date, get to know and support each other's dreams and goals so that you can grow together without keeping score or judging one another. Where you feel seen and heard even when you disagree. Where arguments end with mutual respect and understanding. Where you work together to build and strengthen your family so no one feels like they're carrying the weight of the family on their own. These are the necessary skills your children need for you to model so that they develop healthy relationships and thrive in life. This is the Empowered and Unapologetic Podcast. June, every June, July, I meet with my doctor and then I ask him for a referral to get my breast checked like clockwork every single year. I've been doing that since God, like maybe a year after Willie and I got married. Here's why. Um, Willie and I got married. I was getting all of my physicals and they found a lump. They found two lumps to be exact. And so I remember when they found that lump because it was this young, I think he was like a Marine or maybe he was a corpsman. But I remember, um, I remember him doing the examination and Willie's sitting right by me. And I remember him like getting all big eyed and like looking at me and then filling my boobs and then looking at me. And then he's like, I'll be back. And then he comes back with like his supervisor or whatever. And, you know, um, he proceeds to go out and check. I believe it was a guy. I don't, maybe it was a girl. I don't know why I remember it was a guy anyway. So supervisor checks and like, you can tell the look on her eyes. She wanted to like pop him upside his head because she's like, she has lumpy breasts. Like this isn't anything. She has lumpy breasts. And she was like pissed at him because I like started freaking out and I started freaking out because he started freaking out. Had he been like, cool, and just said, hey, excuse me, um, I would have been fine. But thereafter, they had they had told me that, you know, it's going to be important. They instructed me to go ahead and, and get month or I'm sorry, yearly checks. And so every year I've gotten my, my breast examined. I've gotten the mammogram and the ultrasound. So I've been doing that for 23 years, 22 years. 23 because I'm going to be married for 24 years in October, but I've been doing that for a long time. And so every single time I've gone, it's been like clockwork. I go, they tell me everything's fine. 
I get the thing in the mail saying everything's fine. I get a call from my doctor. They tell me everything's fine. So it's just the way it's been. A couple weeks ago, I went in, like clockwork, got my breast examined. And I got them done on Wednesday. On Friday, I got a call back from the imaging center saying that they needed to do another screening. And so I was like, okay, I never got the call before, but fine. And then I called Willie and I'm just like, I don't know what this is. And he's like, well, contact your doctor. So I contacted my doctor and when I called them, they're like, well, you have to schedule an appointment to get your results. What do you mean I have to schedule an appointment to get my results? Why can't you just give them to me? Well, because you need to schedule an appointment. I just so happened to know the wife of my doctor really, really well. And so did I pull that card? You bet your ass. And they said, ma'am, we get you know her and you're friends with her and you're like part of the VIP group. Maybe they didn't say part of the VIP group. I just added that in. But we still need you to make an appointment. But we'll make an appointment sooner. So I was like, okay, I got some VIP treatment. And so I was like, awesome. I want the soonest available. And they're like, well, the soonest available will be Monday. So I was like, cool. So Friday, I was worried. And I talked to Willie about it. I didn't tell anybody else. I didn't want to tell the kids because I didn't know what this was. And then Saturday... We went to the beach and I usually don't go in the water because I mean, let's just be honest. Nobody wants their hair wet. Um, but I, I went in and I don't know. I just started to look, the, look at the kids different. I started looking at Willie different and it was just kind of building up like this fear, this feeling of uncertainty. Sunday came up and Sunday, we just laid in bed and, you know, um, and let Willie know that I was worried. And he's like, okay. And so he's like, well, what do you want to do? I was like, I just, just want to hang out. So we watched TV and I was watching an episode for an upcoming podcast interview. So um, I was interviewing a woman that was on this, this um, documentary and so I wanted to make sure I watched the documentary and I was prepared for this interview that I was going to have on my podcast. So Willie's like sitting there and he looks at me and he's like, are you kidding me? You're going to work right now? And it's like, yeah. And he's like, Veronica. And he gets out of bed and then he's pissed because of course I want to work and he gets mad and um, he wanted to have sex. I didn't want to have sex, especially when he rubbed on my breast. It was like this reminder of the unknown. And so, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to have sex. I just wanted to work. So he got out of bed and then um, I'm up in bed, like worried and trying to figure out what the hell this is, taking notes. And I finally go downstairs and I'm pissed off at Willie because it's like, he doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. And why do I have to explain this to him? Like I'm struggling right now. I don't know what this is. And why can't he just sit down and watch freaking this show with me instead of throwing a tantrum? 
And my immediate thought was, why do I need to protect his emotions and compromise my own? Have you guys ever felt that way with your husband? Like where you had to protect their emotions and compromise your own? That's exactly what I was feeling. So that just pissed me off even more. I walked downstairs and I said, dude, like I'm struggling right now. I'm struggling. And I said it in a higher tone and I, I was hoping the kids didn't hear, but I think the kids heard and me thinking that the kids heard only pissed me off even more. And he's like, he looked at me and he's like, what do you mean you're struggling? And I was like, I don't know what the fuck this is. I don't know what this is. I'm struggling because I, am I going to die? Like, what does this mean? And he's like, Okay. He goes, well, whatever you need me to do. I was like, well, I needed you to sit upstairs with me and freaking work with me, but you didn't want to do that. You want to throw your goddamn tantrum. And now we're down here and I'm trying to sell, I'm trying to soothe you instead of soothing me. And he like was appalled, you know, he apologized and concerned and I couldn't handle that at that moment. And so I literally got the keys and I left and I left the house and I'm driving and I'm like, okay, well, where am I going to go? And I thought about all of my friends and who am I going to call? I didn't want to call my mom because I don't want to freak her out again, because I don't know what this is. I didn't want to call my sister because again, I don't know what this is. And so I didn't want to call any of my friends because I didn't want to be a burden. And I know that sounds crazy, especially coming from me, especially since I'm a therapist and I constantly tell people to reach out if you need help, reach out to whoever, and here I am being a total hypocrite and I'm not reaching out and I get in my car. So I'm driving and I'm like, well, where the hell am I going to go? I don't want to listen to music right now. I just want to just sit with this. And of course I drove to my office and the office is empty and I'm like the biggest scaredy cat in the world, like next level scaredy cat. And so I'm like, holy shit, I'm, there's nobody in the parking lot and I'm afraid of ghosts. Yes, to me, ghosts exist. You can make fun of me after the show. But I'm like, what am I going to do? And I need to go in the building because I can't just kick it in an empty parking lot. That's weird and lame. And so get access to the inside of my office because after hours you need whatever, like a lock or whatever. So get access to the building. Walk as fast as I can up the stairs because I'm not taking the elevator. Why would you do that? walk as fast as I can up the stairs. And then I have this long hallway to get to my office, like long, empty, scary hallway. And I'm not going to lie. I walked, I like double timed it, double timed it, got into my office, locked the door. And I ended up checking emails. I ended up just working because that's what I do when I'm scared. That's when I do what I do when I'm filled with emotions and I just want to distract myself. So I distracted myself with work. And after a while, emails got, I, I was overwhelmed because I was like, shit, I have so many emails. I think I have like 3000 emails. Again, you can make fun of me after the show. Um, so I started cleaning. I started cleaning my break, my break room. It's a, we have a kitchen. So I started wiping down the counters. I started sweeping and just started cleaning. Then I sat back down at my desk because I'm like, why am I doing this? There's not even anything to clean. I'm just making up shit to do. And I sat down and just started crying. Like, what is this? What does this mean? What did they find? What are they not telling me? What's going to happen? Like, 
what's going to happen with my kids? What's going to happen with my husband? Like, my husband better be literally in complete distress if anything happens to me. Like, I want his ass in the, like, at the corner of the room in fetal position, rocking back and forth, sucking his thumb because he doesn't know what to do. Like, I want him at that level, like, where you guys have to check on him because, Willie, like, you're so devastated that your wife is sick or something's wrong with your wife or your wife's not here. And then I thought, well, damn it, my husband's sexy as shit. You know, and maybe all my damn listeners. Yes, I totally went against you guys. All my listeners are going to want him. Like, because all I've been doing is talking about how great he is. Now I need to talk shit about him. (laughs) But like, literally, that's where I was. And my sister ended up calling me and I told her what was going on. And Willie was blowing up my phone and texting me, asking me if I was okay. Where was I? He totally has Life 360, so he knew where I was. Um, and he's sending me this these messages, and I'm crying even more because it's like, what is this? And so I sent him a long text message back saying, I just needed a distraction, and I needed you to be distracted with me. I don't need to talk about this right now. I just need a distraction. And as I was sitting in my office, I thought, Well, what would you tell one of your patients to do? What would you tell one of your clients to do? Well, I would ask them to identify what their, what their thoughts are like. So let's go ahead and list out what your thoughts are. The next step, I would have them list out what are your emotions? You know, what, what, what emotions are being, are are invoked from these thoughts and write those down. No less than five. If you're doing this exercise right now. And then I would ask them, what's happening for you physically? Why do you physically want to run? So that's the action, running, distraction. But what's going on in your body? So I would have them list all the things that are going on in their body, you know? And so if I was to do this, the event, the the triggering event is me getting a phone call from the breast imaging center telling me they needed to do another scan. My thoughts. I'm going to die. Whew. My kids are not going to have their mother. I'm not going to watch my daughters or be a part of their weddings. My daughter doesn't even have a boyfriend right now. None of my kids have a boyfriend, damn it. My husband's going to remarry. Um, but I went into all of this catastrophic thinking. I went into, I'm never going to see, I'm always going to be, I went into those thoughts and my emotions, I'm going to get this damn emotions chart. And if you need one, go to feelingswill.com. But my emotions wrapped around this, I was feeling, God, I was feeling grief. I was feeling, I'm like literally looking at this chart. I was feeling, um, not empty. I was feeling disappointed because it's like, God damn it. I'm young. What is this? I was feeling overwhelmed. I was feeling worried. I was feeling um, nervous. 
I was feeling exposed. I was pissed. I felt furious. Whew. I was scared. Scared. Um, those were all of my emotions. And then if I go into what I was feeling physically, um, I was feeling overwhelmed, overwhelmed with emotions. I was feeling, um, gosh, what was I feeling? I was feeling overwhelmed with emotions. I was feeling, um, like my heart wasn't racing, but my, my stomach felt like, like I felt nauseous. I felt like, Ooh, like stabbing pain in my chest. I felt like, I don't know, like I couldn't catch my breath. And what was my action? My action was to get in my car and leave. My action was to shut down and not listen to my husband. And my action was to run and distract myself with work and avoid the pain. Ooh. I, that's not what we do. So I was feeling all of these things. I was feeling flooded with emotions. I didn't know how to, I, I know how, let me correct that. I know how to handle this. I didn't want to do it that way. I didn't want to call a friend for support. I didn't want to go through the steps. I just wanted to distract myself. Once I talked to my sister and I let her know what was going on, she had started saying, but Veronica, you know, we'll be there for the kids. And I don't want to hear that. I'm not dying. Why would you say I'm dying? Like, why would you put that on? Instead, Veronica, I needed to hear Veronica. You're fine. You're fine. You get them checked every month or every year. Like, you're, I needed to hear that. I didn't need to hear, like, the kids will be fine. Like, I'm, don't tell me that. She didn't know. And so I needed to communicate that. And so that's exactly what I did with Willie. Willie, this is what I need. And so when I got home, that's exactly what we did. We did exactly what I needed. And he was very supportive. Um, I ended up, I, f I forgot to mention that I ended up reaching out to my assistant who was in the hospital. And I shared a voice memo with her. And she had sent me a text message back, a message back. And she had just mentioned she was crying because she felt that same way. Um, and so you know, we, we talked about like why it's so hard to reach out to people when you're in need of help. And that's really what this episode is about. Why is it so hard for us to reach out, reach out to each other and just admit that maybe we don't have it all together. Admit that maybe we need help. Admit that, admit that we're scared admit that we don't have the answers. I want you to think about that right now. Like, why is it hard for you to just be honest with yourself, be honest with where you're currently at and be honest that maybe you do need help. And I felt it. I've, I felt it. And Hey there, high achieving moms and wives. Are you tired of feeling like something's missing in your marriage? Well, buckle up because I'm about to reveal the missing puzzle piece that will bring back the romance, intimacy, and equality you've been craving. I understand what you're going through. 
It's not just about the occasional date night or a box of chocolates. It's about creating a deep emotional connection, feeling truly understood, and being on the same page when it comes to parenting. You want more than just a teammate. You want a partner who supports you, lifts you up, and shares the responsibilities of life. But let's be real. Finding that balance isn't easy. That's why my seven principles for making marriage work program is here to guide you every step of the way. In just 12 weeks, I will help you build the foundation of a rock solid relationship. One that's built on romance, intimacy, and equality. Imagine rekindling that spark, reigniting the passion, and discovering a whole new level of emotional security and communication with your partner. It's time to break free from the mundane and reignite the fire. But wait, you might be thinking, what have I tried already? Trust me, we've seen it all. Couples who've tried everything from fancy date nights to self-help books. And while those things have their place, they often miss the mark when it comes to true transformation. That's where my expertise comes in. As a licensed marriage and family therapist with a decade of experience, I've honed my skills in helping couples like you create lasting change. Together, we'll tackle the root issues and provide you with practical tools that actually work. So don't settle for an average marriage when extraordinary is within reach. Head over to veronicacisneros.org forward slash coaching right now to learn more about this program and apply. Remember, spots are limited, so don't wait. This is your chance to finally have the romance, intimacy, and equality you've been yearning for. It's time to reclaim your emotional connection, support each other, and become the unstoppable team you were meant to be. Let's rewrite the story of your marriage together. Visit veronicacisneros.org forward slash coaching and take the first step towards a love that exceeds your wildest dreams. The journey to a fulfilling marriage starts now. Don't miss out. So what are you waiting for? Go to veronicacisneros.org forward slash coaching and let's transform your relationship. You know, I ended up going home the next morning. I ended up calling the office and I, I, I'm sorry, the next morning the office called me early in the morning, just dropped off the girls at, um, a cheerleading and I got the call. And so I just parked in front of their school and the lady had told me, like, she just started reading. She's like, they found four, they found four lumps. And she started reading the measurements of every single lump. And when she told me they found four, my heart stopped. And you know those times that you're trying to concentrate and hear everything this person's saying because they're giving you like really important information, but for whatever reason, your brain goes foggy and like you're hearing like stops, like all of a sudden you become deaf because you can't necessarily hear what they're saying. That's exactly what happened. She's reading me all of these results and they're really, really important. And I know I should be asking her important follow-up questions but I can't get past her saying that they found four bumps or four lumps. So I take a deep breath and I ask her and she's like, we're not concerned. We believe they're cysts, but they're wanting to go ahead and get them scanned. And I ask her, have you looked at my previous scans? I've gone 
to go get my breasts examined every year. Have you compared them to my previous exams? And she's like, no. Right away, I got pissed. And it's like, just calm down, calm down, calm down. And I was like, I'd like you to go ahead and compare them to my previous scans. And then did I pull out the VIP card? You bet your ass. Um, I was like, okay, I'd like to speak to my doctor. And she's like, he's on vacation. And I was like, awesome. I'm going to go ahead and reach out because I need to know what this is. So do I reach out to his wife? She's her and I are really good friends. And she's like, all of a sudden her approach was different, which I'm going to tell you right now. I don't like that. I don't like that. Your approach is different just because of who you are, who, you know, um, in that moment, I could give two shits about it because I just need this information, but just in general, like let's give all of the information. So she's like, listen, we're going to, you know, I want you to go ahead and schedule the appointment. I go, my, my appointment's in two weeks. She's like, okay. And she goes, I'm going to go ahead and fix this. Let's go ahead and see if we could schedule the appointment sooner. I was like, okay. And I'm like getting all of the information. She's like, let me go ahead and call you back. Um, I was like, all right, awesome. So she's going to review my scans. I um, get off the phone with her and I'm driving home and I call Willie and my voice cracks and Willie's like, you're going to be okay. We're, you're going to be okay. And I can't even talk right now. Willie, you know, I tell Willie they found four lumps. What do I do? And he's like, just come home. So I get home and I had no idea. Willie told me after that he like literally felt to the ground on his knees and he just started praying. He just started praying. I didn't know that. I found out after. So I get home and I immediately call the breast imaging center. I'm on the phone with them trying to get an appointment sooner. They're like, we, we could, we could actually see you today. It was like nine o'clock at that time. They're like, can you come in? Um, they're like, let's go ahead and draw your information. So I was like, okay, awesome. We're going to find something for you. So I was like, cool. Well, I, while I was on the phone with them, the doctor's office calls and she's like, you know, um, she's like, Hey, I have this information for you. And I was like, well, I'm on the phone with breast imaging center. I was like, let me call you on my husband's phone. So Willie's on the phone with the breast imaging center. I'm on the phone. I ended up calling her and she's telling me, you know, we looked at the results and there's some changes, you know, but not a great amount. Um, she's like, I'm going to go ahead and schedule this. I'm going to go ahead and put this into the breast imaging center as urgent. The minute she said that, I was like, oh, fuck. What is she not telling me? Willie ends up, he's upstairs. Willie ends up shout, shouting, hey, can we see them at 10? And I was like, he goes, can we see them in an hour? And I'm like, yeah, we could see them in an hour. So he's wrapping up my appointment. I told her they're wrapping up my appointment. She's like, perfect. We're going to send this, rush it. And um, I was like, awesome. So, um we end up going to the appointment. I I call my assistant. I need everybody, all my patients rescheduled, all of them. And usually I'm like, okay, well, I'll go ahead and see this. But it's like, no, I need to put me first. So she reschedules everybody. We get there to the breast imaging center. Willie calls and says, hey, I'm not, I'll cancel all my meetings. And Willie and I go into the breast imaging center. The minute I walk in, I just start crying. And I'm like, get it together, Veronica, get it together. Like you can't be crying here. Like you have to like, 
you have to get it together. And I don't know why I was like that, but I just didn't want anybody to see me cry. I didn't want anybody to think I had something. I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but it's so crazy how your mind goes into, I don't want people to know, but that's exactly where I went. And I think it's really important that I share this because it doesn't matter who you are. I don't give a shit if you're a therapist. I don't give a shit who you are. We all have feelings. We're all human beings. And it's important that we honor these emotions. And in addition to that, it's important that we hear that other people are struggling too. Because that that feeling of familiarity, that feeling of like making it normal, like this is the norm. It just, I don't know. It just, maybe it's a sigh of relief. So I get up there. We get the appointment or we check in. I swear to you, half an hour passes, nothing. An hour passes, nothing. I go up and I'm like, hey, oh, you're going to be next. Awesome. An hour and a half passes, nothing. An hour and 45 minutes passes. Again, I'm going up there and she's like, you're supposed to be called up. Awesome. I know that. All of these people that got in later than me are getting there, like walking in, getting their names called. Not me. Not me. So like, I'm freaking out. What does this mean? Like, holy shit, you know, am I dying? Or is this like a rush? Like, am I going to be called and sent to the emergency room? Like, what is going on? And I'm like trying to keep it together. And Willie's like trying to comfort me. But I also don't want him to touch me because that's just going to make me cry even more. They end up calling me. I go up there and the lady's like, you know, I go in the room and she's like, oh, they messed up with your appointment. So we're trying to figure it out right now. And I was like, what the fuck do you mean you messed up? Well, we messed up. They're asking for this order, but they really need this order. We're going to call your office. Screw that. I'm calling the girl right now. I'm calling her cell phone because she gave me her cell phone number. Calling her. I'm like, hey, they're saying that you guys sent them the wrong paperwork. They can't do the scan. They're wanting to reschedule with me. Let's figure this out. And she's like, they're talking and they're like, don't worry about it. We're going to fix it. I was like, all right, cool. And then they're like, it's going to be longer. I don't care how long it's going to be. I just need to be seen. I need these answers today. And so um, they're like, we're going to get you in today. We're going to figure this out. So I was like, all right, cool. And they call me in, finally call me in like two two or three hours later. I I shit you not. It was forever. Um, So they call me in. Willie can't come in. It could just be me. And so the lady's like, we're going to do the scan. And I was like, okay. I was like, I thought you guys were going to do the scan. And she's like, no. We're going to do this again. We don't want to expose you to any more radiation. And I was like, okay. And I just start crying. And she's like, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. So I was like, all right. So she ends up, I change into the little shirt. um, And she's, you know, cover one breast. I was like, girl, here you go. We're already here. We're already at that level. You're seeing one. You might as well see both. Just go for it. So she's scanning. And I could hear her measuring something I never really paid attention to, but I could hear her measuring and I just start bawling and she's like trying to comfort me. And then she's like, I'm going to send these results to the radiologist. They're here. And then I'm going to go ahead and bring your husband in. And then I'm going to come in with the results. So I was like, awesome. So Willie comes in the minute Willie comes in, I just start crying just start crying and he's just trying to like keep it together for me and um she walks out and then you know we're in there for a little bit and then the door opens 
And like literally the minute the door opens, she's like, great news, good news. She didn't even close the door. She didn't even like walk in and formally, you know, walk in, introduce herself and close the door. No, homegirl like literally opened the door and she's like, good news, good news. They're cysts. And then she closes the door and then she's like, they're cysts. We want to keep them. We, obviously, we want to continue to monitor them, but this is why they're cysts. And she goes over like why they're cysts and why I'm okay. And, um, you know, she's like, you know, I'm like not crying. I'm feeling this sigh of relief, but she's like, this is why we know they're cysts. And, um, you know, she's like Veronica and she looks at me and she's like, you know, as we get older and I was like, I'm going to stop you right there. Listen, we were friends two minutes ago, but now you want to go ahead and comment on my age. Let's stop right there. And she just started laughing and she's like, well, Veronica, you know, as we get older, you know, I was like, okay, girl, calm down. And she's like, well, there's changes in our body. I go much better. She's like, our body starts to change, develop with change. And, you know, um, and so we start to have more cysts and you have dense breasts, you have lumpy breasts. And I was like, okay, but they look good. Right. And she's like, yes, they look good. I was like, okay, good. Cause I paid a lot of money for them, but it was just felt so good. And she's like, we want to have you back in six months. So I was like, awesome. I will be back in six months. She's like, by then I go, are you going to be here? Cause she's pregnant. And she's like, yeah, I'll be here. And I was like, okay. And I was like, well, just to let you know, I'm going to die with full fillers in my face, Botox like no tomorrow. So I'm going to be the one that my face doesn't move, but my boobs look great. And she just started laughing and she's like, absolutely. Um, Ended up, you know, getting those results. I had my doctor's office scan and go over every single report from my breasts. Um, at my breast exams, every single report they got went through every single one. I ended up booking an appointment with my doctor and I met with him and I started crying like a little baby. And, um, he said, everything's fine, but I got to tell you, I've never been so scared in all my life. When we left the, when we left the office, I'd went ahead and talked to my daughter about what had happened and obviously made it age appropriate. No, and she was my oldest. She's 21. Um, she started crying. I let her know everything's fine. Um, I let the girls know, um, that night after we had gotten good news, Willie seemed a little off and I knew he was a little off and he and I were cooking in the kitchen. We both, um, he had his back turned against me while he was cooking on the stove and I was on the, I was catty corner to him and he was stirring. And I, you know, I walked close to him and he immediately turned around and grabbed me. And he was like, I can't lose you. And, you know, we talked about like, you know, obviously I shared with him my experience and like my fears and, you know, definitely allowed him time to process through what he was going through. You know, no, I did not compromise my, my feelings in order to piece his. This was a moment where we were both able to share and both be vulnerable and listen to one another. And I was 
it was just hard. It was, it was hard. That overall was hard. And so the most important thing I want you to get from this message, from this podcast episode is number one, if you are going through something, reach out, reach out and tell somebody. I ended up reaching out to a couple of my friends and I let them know trusted friends and I let them know what was going on. And they were, they were there for me. You know, I ended up having conversations with them and cried and the whole thing. Um, but number one, reach out. You're not a burden. You are not a burden. And I know it feels that way because everybody's busy with their kids. Everybody's busy with their lives in, and still you are not a burden. You are not a burden. I want you to reach out. I want you to go ahead and share what you're going through. Because I'm going to tell you right now, other people need to hear it because we're all going through something. We're all going through something and none of us have it all together. And if you're trying to pretend like you do, I'm going to tell you right now, your body, your body is going to tell you you don't homegirl. It's going to say you need to take a break and you stop pretending. And so I am telling you right now that I am here for you. We're all part of this girl gang, this empowered and unapologetic girl gang. And if you've been listening to this podcast episode for some time, girl, you are a bona fide member. You are a true bona fide member. And I want you to know that I am here for you. And I want to hear your story if you're willing to share it. Um, I, I want to hear your story. Um, and I want to hear what, maybe what thing or what incident or what event you have overcome. And I want to be able to share it. Obviously I won't say your name, but I definitely want to share it and I'll be sharing it on my stories on Instagram. So go ahead. And if you're not following me already, go ahead and share your story. Of course, whatever you want to share. Um, my tag name is Hey Veronica, Hey Veronica Cisneros but I'm here for you. And I'm so thankful that you all have allowed me to be a part of your journey. And I'm even more thankful that you guys have supported me. Uh, support is huge. I also want to thank the 186 women who have left not only a rating, but have written a review for my podcast. And I just want to say thank you so, so very much. I am going to be reading and shouting out these reviews. Um, and so I'm going to do that right now. So the first shout out goes to, let me put my glasses on. It's not because I'm getting older, ladies. It's because I'm on the computer all day. Duh. All right. So the first one's going to be Super Stuff 8. Highly recommend this show. Lots of compelling stories and actionable insights. The next one is from Natalia. I found Veronica via a mom app called Peanut in a moment when I felt overwhelmed emotionally, not only with motherhood, but also navigating the new dynamic within my relationship. In the live cast she offers in the app, she also redirected me to further advice through this podcast. It's helped me so much to see things from a different perspective in a relatable way. I've shared this podcast with friends who have shared their current struggles too. I've listened to some episodes various times even. 
She delivers on tips and advice and some truths that can be eye-opening and life-changing, at least for me. Another one is Michiko. Topics she covers are really relatable and they are really helpful guidance for you. If you and your partner are struggling to move to the right directions in your relationship, I love she talks she talks these topics with her experiences. I love that she talks these topics with her experiences. Also, if your partner is missing some support systems, she provides you male perspective in many episodes, which you may find helpful to onboard your male partner on your journey. Anytime I get in my head or have difficulties in my relationship, I come here like I just speed dial her lover. Thank you guys. Thank you guys so, so much. The next one is fit to Ren. Veronica shares her whole heart in this podcast and gives us real world examples that we can incorporate into our lives immediately. I would highly recommend this podcast to any couples looking to level up. Ladies, thank you so very much for your beautiful words. Thank you so much for your support. And again, thank you for listening. Bye for now. Let's be honest, we can all use a little help in our marriage, especially when it comes to communicating. I have created a guide just for you. Five things that are killing your marriage, tips from a therapist. Find out if you are making these marriage mistakes. Ladies, this guide is 100% free. I will give you practical tips and easy to use strategies to apply right away. You all know I'm a huge advocate for couples. I am on a mission to help you and your partner experience stress-free living. With this free guide, we are setting our marriages up for success. But it starts with you. You will find this free guide here in the show notes or go to www.veronicacisneros.org. The information I will be providing you is next level and people pay good money to get these tips that I will be giving you for free. Don't forget to share this with a friend. What's up, ladies? Just want to let you guys know that your ratings and reviews for this podcast are greatly appreciated. If you love this podcast, please go to iTunes right now, write a review, rate the episode, and subscribe. Don't forget to share it with your friends. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. 
We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there.